Good evening, everybody. Let's stand together and praise the Lord. Welcome to our online folks joining us in here. We're going to worship the Lord in His holiness. Amen. Let's sing together.
days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God
Lord, we just worship you. We worship you in this place. Wherever we are, Lord, we lay our lives before you. We worship you, and we just are overwhelmed, Lord, by your goodness. All that you do for us, all that you are, all of your promises, Lord, we just thank you. quaked before moved by the sound of his voice seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard through it all
tonight just being in your presence it is well with our soul it doesn't matter what's going on it is well with our soul God some of us have been in the crushing and the pressing for quite some time and some of us feel like how much more God there's nothing left to crush. There's nothing left to press. But it's in that moment where we surrender all that he begins to break new ground. He replaces our old with his new. So while we sing this song, would you just release the old? Maybe hold your hands out, whatever you feel led to do but leave them out because he wants to fill them with something new, new fire, a new fire in your spirit, maybe healing in your body, maybe a restored heart, a renewed mind. Oh God, I feel your presence right now.
I'm going to invite you to be seated while we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, what a privilege and what a blessing to be regathered here this evening to celebrate Jesus, to celebrate Pentecost weekend and know that an important event for us as followers of Christ happened so long ago. And Lord, we are grateful for the person, for the presence for the work and for the power of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we thank you that you are our parakletos, the one called alongside to help. You're also our counselor. You're our advocate. You're our comforter. And Lord, if there's ever a time when our nation needs you as counselor, helper, comforter and advocate it is right now so lord thank you for the privilege of worship everything we do here we we consecrate it for you for your glory for your blessing for your honor and it is our privilege as sons and daughters to be identified as worshipers of jesus so we thank you father thank you for your sweet spirit here tonight Father, as we move together tonight through our time, know that our heart is open for whatever you want, for whatever you desire. We're here for you, Lord, not just here for us. In fact, I'll just invite everybody along with me. Would you literally just, just whisper out loud, I consecrate myself to you, Lord. Just say that, I consecrate myself to you, Lord. Now, all you're saying is, I set myself aside. I set myself apart for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that is in a place of struggle, that is in a place of pain or even desperation, 
Father, may tonight they find solace, comfort, grace, and even empowerment to move forward and to navigate the landscape of our world today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. Isn't God good, family? Isn't it great? Yeah, you clap. Well, it's great to see everybody this evening. My name's Jimmy Pruitt, and we also want to welcome those that are watching online. I'm the lead pastor here at The Bridge, and uh, we're just thrilled to be gathering. I don't know if you know this or not, but really all across the nation, many churches are gathering. They're regathering, reconnecting, but many are not. So there's still a lot of church bodies. That doesn't mean they're not the church, right? We understand that. We get that. So understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying we have to be in a building to be the church. We are the church, right? And so, but, but there's something about gathering and connecting that is, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm a glutton for it. I, just getting to see you in the hall and high five and, and dare I say hug on, on, online, but I, I just, I, uh, man, I love you and it's just so good to see everybody. It's good to be with our spiritual family, amen? And if you are a guest here tonight, I want to say thank you for being here with us. Thank you for joining us and thanks for being a part. Could we welcome our first time guest just with a hand clap? Thanks for being here. Now, typically, you know, nothing's typical right now, right? I mean, the whole world's there's not a typical thing happening right now. But normally what we do, we'd have these little bolts and pieces and have an opportunity to fill out information. So here's what we're going to do. We need your help. And uh, for those of you that need a prayer request, if you want to submit one, we're here to pray with you, want to stand with you. For those of you who... Uh, our first-time guests, we'd love to have a record of your visit. That way we can reach out to you and say, hey, thanks for coming. Glad that you're here. And then any way we can maybe answer questions for you or whatever as we go forward, uh, that. And then the third thing is, is that we're trying to update our information. Now, we're, again, talking about a new landscape. A lot of what we're having to do is online, through email, and through text. And so if you're not on our email list, then there's a lot of information that goes out, or mostly all through this time, that maybe you didn't get or weren't able to receive. We try to post everything online as well. So if you would, be sure to refer to our website. We're updating it on an ongoing basis. But also, update your information. Let us have your email address, and we'll send uh, you updates of what's going on, timing, how things are. So we just want to be able to do that. So the way you do that is you go to our Connect Center right outside. As you exit those double doors and to your left, there's, there's cards there, prayer, hospital visitation. I mean, they're all there. All those cards are there. Just take one, fill it out. That'll help us out a lot. And then you can, deposit, you can either leave it there, you can deposit it in the black box right there in the hallway as you're heading out. So a little housekeeping business there, but it's important stuff because we love you and we care for you. So um, also want to say uh, we have the privilege every week of praying. Our, we are a praying church. And uh, if I get accused of praying too much, I'll just say, yep, I own that. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we are. We're going to be a praying church, a praying people. So we want to engage prayer at this level. First of all, we want to pray the body of Christ throughout the hill country as our churches are regathering. Got word that some others are this weekend as well. So tomorrow will be a big day for some churches. And then some are waiting a little bit as well. So we want to pray for them and continue to lift them up. Another thing I want to pray for is that we had a graduation on Friday night. Amen? That's exciting. And so, yeah, amen to our graduates. So I want to pray for our graduates. I mean, this will be a graduation to remember. Don't you believe that? I mean, wow. 
2020, right? And so um, that'll be a, something they tell the grandkids down the road, right? If the Jesus tarries. So I want to pray for our graduates, but also for our churches that will be opening. So could you bow your heads and join me in prayer? And if you're online watching, um, if you, wherever you are, in your community, and you're, if you have students or young people there, and you can pray for just be in agreement with us for where you live. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of your Son. We're here and we lift up our graduates. We thank, we're thankful for them. We're thankful that they have worked hard. They've made it 12, 13 years for some of them. And now they're moving into a new season of life. And we want to hold them up and bless them. I'm thankful for the, for the interview videos that, that Jason has been doing. And, and so awesome to see these young people sharing their hearts of what God's up to and where they're headed. And we bless them. We speak blessing over them and encouragement over them. Father, as they strike out into a new season in a, in a very different world than, than we all expected. So we hold them up. Thank you for their families. Thank you for their friends and support around them that have encouraged them these years. And we also pray, Lord, there are many churches that are opening this weekend. And we pray for those in the, in the hill country here in our area that are beginning to open up and begin to move forward. And, Lord, even as our own president and our governor said, we need churches to meet. We need people praying and gathering and worshiping. And so, Lord, we're here. We're here before you, sons and daughters, friends and family, grateful that we get to do this. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen. I want to remind you that um, uh, if you don't know this, uh, besides updating your contact info, and I'm doing this uh, as uh, Russ had asked me to announce this, but we're doing some Zoom groups online. If you know, how many of you have done Zoom meetings during this time? I, oh, wow, look at the hands. All right, lots of you. So you know what Zoom is. Now, we have an opportunity, and Russ is leading out in that, but if you want to sign up for a Zoom group that you can connect through the summer as things continue to roll out, eventually we'll be regathering, particularly in the fall, to get our groups going again, our connect groups. But if you want to join a Zoom group, that opportunity is there. You can sign up at the Connect Center. Uh, or on the website at uh, bridgefbg.com. And it's about a 20 to 30 minute meeting. Pastor Jeffrey's going to lead out on the first one there. And uh, so there'll be about 10 people per group. And Pastor Jeffrey's got, got you covered there. And then one thing I want to ask you to pray for, just be in prayer. We are hosting, this is really an honor for us as a church family. It may be the first time a non-mainline denominational church in Fredericksburg has hosted a baccalaureate service. So we're hosting that for our seniors tomorrow evening. It's not a y'all come kind of thing because of all this, obviously. But uh, we'll have a lot of our graduating seniors here tomorrow night. I'm really excited. Our worship team is going to be leading worship, and, and it's going to be a great time together. So do be praying for our seniors as we continue to walk through that and navigate through that season. All right, so changing things up, here we go. Oh, offering set up. Sorry, I'm, I'm figuring this out as we go, right? We're in real time now. So one of the things that is a huge blessing for us as a church family is that not only do we get to, to sow, give, and, and uh, make a difference with our resources, but in conjunction with that, we get to pray for ministries that we're blessed to support. And I want you to look at the, the names that are on the screen there, and you're going to see ministries that we get to support, we get to impact through our giving. And I want to encourage you in this. You're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church. 
And what we do, we steward this, and we're able to bless ministries and get the gospel out across the world. That's the idea. And so as we give, I want to, first of all, say thank you for your continued giving. You've been amazing, stellar, even miraculous through this time. So thank you. Thank you for blessing and being a blessing to all these ministries that we support. So I'd like you to get your eyes on that so that as we pray for offering, you can pray for them and just whisper a blessing for them and speak life over them as they continue to make a difference in our world. So as we prepare to receive our offering, as you know, we're not passing the plate and there was much rejoicing. So we're not passing the plate anymore. So if you'll notice on the doors right there as you go out, there's one there, one there. And uh, what I'm going to invite you to do is we're going to worship. We're going to worship during our offering time. And if you brought your offering this evening, now you can always give online. You can always mail it in or bring it by. But if you brought your offering this evening, I want to invite you, when we all stand together to worship, you can go over and just put it in there, whisper a blessing over it, and uh, put it in that box, and then we'll collect all that after the service. And so that's kind of our new, new way of doing that, so we're not passing plates and handling everything. So I want to invite you as we pray. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet? And we're going to get ready to worship, and I'm going to get ready too. So Double duty. <laughs> All right, so let's pray. Father, what a privilege to give. Lord, we, you always remind me of this, we look so much more like you when we're giving, when we're generous. For God, you so loved the world, you so loved us that you gave your only son for us. We are beyond grateful. It's beyond our words. And so we're thankful with our life. Father, we pray for those that are serving you all over the world and here locally as well. We ask God that they would be blessed in what they do. These ministries we support, encourage them. Father, we pray over this offering. We speak life and blessing. And we, we declare changed and transformed lives because of what we're doing here. And we do this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. You're free to move over to deposit your offering.
Father, we are grateful for the privilege of giving, the privilege of sowing and making a difference. Would you take this offering, Father? And Lord, like the loaves and fishes, Lord, would you touch it, bless it, multiply it, that it may make a difference in the fruit and the harvest will be lives that are changed for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated. years ago, I was a student, and I was a brand new Christian. I mean, I gave my heart to Christ right at the end of my senior year of high school, literally like a week before graduation. And then I didn't really get discipled that first summer, so I was just sort of on my own. I don't know if that was ever your experience, but I invited Christ in my heart. I had this explosion of life inside of me. And then it was kind of like, you know, just like nothing. Like, okay, what now? And I just didn't know what to do. And then, praise the Lord, about nine months later, I caught traction because I got connected with a group. Connection is protection. You wonder why I say that all the time is because it saved my life. As a follower of Jesus, I was floundering because I didn't, I didn't fit for one. You ever felt like a misfit? My hair was too long. I played rock guitar in a Baptist church. It just didn't work. It just, I, I didn't fit. 
I was a misfit. But I hung in there anyway, and those precious folks loved me and walked me through that season and began to grow. And not long after that, I sensed a very profound call to the ministry. I, I sensed a call to give my life to this. And so much so that any aspirations I had beyond that just left. I mean, everything was gone, and I was focused. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I was created to do. And by the way, every time I'm up here before I speak, I whisper. If you've ever watched me, you think I'm praying. I mean, I am, sort of. But really what I'm saying is I'm saying to God, I'm saying, I, I was created for this. Thank you that I get to do this. I get to do this. I don't have to. I get to. And so it's a privilege to do what I do. And as I began to really grow in Christ since that call, and then I decided to transfer from Texas Tech University in Lubbock to Howard Payne University, a Southern Baptist college in Brownwood, Texas, and started this crazy journey of just learning about God. And boy, dove off the deep end into theology and philosophy. I was like, wait, I thought this was simple. And it's like, whoa, here we go. And I just learned and I grew. Let me tell you something really neat that happened, though. Birds of a feather, right, flock together. And I began to find other young men and women in that school that were absolutely on fire for Jesus. Because here's the deal. I wasn't typical. I showed up ready to go. I, I was like, give me a Bible and my passport, and I'll go take the world for Jesus. I mean, I was ready. I was so excited, but I wanted to be trained, wanted to be equipped. So we started to meet, and there was a whole group of us that would meet off and on. I've told you all little stories of this here and there. And there was this really neat prayer room at the back of the chapel where we would meet. So as we lean into and talk about the person, the work, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, I want you to know something. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it was a game changer. It was a life changer. It changed the trajectory of my life and certainly the trajectory of both my experience and my theology. See, God seems to, I don't know if this happens to you, but he seems to get a kick out of rocking my theological boat. Am I the only one who, about the time I think I've got this figured out, it's all neat, it's tidy and clean and crisp and I've got sharp edges and everything feels good everything's symmetrical and then God just blows it up am I any does that happen to anybody else in here besides me so here I was this little young on fire for Jesus didn't quite fit the Baptist mold but I was just I didn't care I just wanted God and then I found other people who wanted God so how need them Hal and I got connected, and that guy was on fire for G. He was crazy on fire. You think I was on fire? He was scary on fire. There was a whole group of us. So one day, I've told you all this before, and I don't recommend you do this if we have any students in here. We would skip class to go pray and seek God. I know. That does sound like an excuse, but it was for real. If we, were, if we were down in the prayer room, and Dr. Rainey knew where to find us, if we were down in the prayer room, we were praying. We were after God. We were so hungry for him. By the way, that hasn't gone away. It has not gone away. So we were on fire, hungry for God, meeting in this little tiny prayer room with this huge, almost velvet-type picture of Jesus on the wall. This is really scary a little bit. But 
But it was an incredible place because we would meet with God in that place. It was a tent of meeting for us. And I remember one day, I'm, um, I was thinking back through this story. I'm going, I'm pretty certain we were skipping class that afternoon. But we were in the prayer room, and it was just Hal and me. And we, normally, we just barge in because, no offense, but nobody else really used it. So, so it was like, man, it was, we had free reign. And we would just barge in there like we owned the place and, and ready to pray and seek God. We were praying for the nations. We were praying for revival, spiritual awakening, all of that. We barge into that room, and there is a lady in there who was not a student now listen, I'm just going to tell you from a 19, 20-year-old perspective of what I saw. This is not to make fun or to diminish or to demean. But this was the most Pentecostal lady I've ever seen in my life. And I didn't even know what Pentecostal was at the time. I knew it was a time in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, and I knew it was part of the Feast of Weeks and you know, the 50 weeks and harvest and celebration. But I didn't know there were people that were Pentecostal. So we barge in there, and she is in there, and she's going after God and praying. So we were like, oh, so sorry. We started backing out of the room. She said, no, boys, wait. And she was an older lady. She had her hair in a bun, no makeup on, this really drab, long dress, and I, a little bit scary looking. I'm just going to be honest. And we were both like, no, really, you got the room. It's all yours. We're going to go to class. And she said, get in here, boys. And she looked at us. She shook her finger in our face. She said, are you preacher boys? We're like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I mean, just like a bony finger. I mean, at that point, we were scared. Yes, ma'am. She said, I want you to know something. I come here five days a week, and I pray for you preacher boys. And I pray that the Holy Ghost, I'm like, the Holy what? The Holy Ghost would fall on you. That the Holy Ghost and power and fire, now I'm really getting scared. And Hal's just got this look on his face like, what did we just get into? And she's just telling us what she prays for us. And listen, I have to, I'm getting goosebumps literally right. It's, it was like something went off in both of us. That even though we were scared, we were excited because she was really excited. And before we could move, before we could say no, before we could make our way to the door, her hand shot out, and she grabbed Hal by the forehead. And I'm like, what? i got to understand, I had no reference point for any of this stuff. And I mean, she like slaps him hard like you could hear it. And she's got a, like a claw on him, and he can't move, and he's scared, and she starts praying in tongues. <laughs> If we weren't scared before, we were scared then. Now, I have to admit, I have this crazy sense of humor. I tend to laugh at very odd times. If you go to a movie with me, I want to apologize ahead of time. So as I'm watching him scared to death, she's got, I just start laughing because it's hilarious. Because she is, she is up one side, down the other, praying for him. And as she's praying for him, we laughed about this not too long ago, actually. We, we tell this story again. His knees buckled, and he fell against the door, because we had shut the door when we came in, and he fell against the door and went down on the ground. And I'm like, now I'm scared. I was laughing. Now I'm not. And while I'm looking at him, guess what hits me in the forehead? And I'm pretty sure she had oil in her hands, too, because I could smell something fragrant. And I mean, she hits me on my forehead, splat, and she starts praying in tongue. I don't know what... 
And, and at first, I was, go, I was laughing, and I was scared, and I was like, I could still run for the door. I mean, I know I could outrun her. <laughs> and something happened that I literally, just honest, I'm being as transparent as possible. I have no idea what went through me, but while she was praying for me, it felt like a bolt of lightning hit me. And, and all I can say is that it was the power of God being released in a moment. And it was like touching a transformer on a pole. And we're going, is this thing hot? <laughs> and it was like literally something went through me. And I just, everything left my body. Strength. And I started to buckle. He was already on the ground like passed out. I was hoping he was okay. And, and I went up against the door jam right next to where he was. And I caught myself against the door jam and, and just stared at her like, what did you do to me? What is happening to me? And then she was gone like that. I mean, she just took off. Now, here's a weird thing. I kid you not, I was there four years and never saw that lady again. Saw her that once. She said she came all the time, prayed for us all. Never saw her again. And we were in that room all the time. That was my first encounter experience because I was a walk by faith, not by sight kind of guy. I was like, yeah, absolutely, I believe everything the Bible says. It says the Holy Spirit. It says the baptism. It says the, the spiritual gifts. It says word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all these things. Uh, amen. But that didn't mean I did them. I just said I believed them. And what I was lacking was an encounter. What I needed was a full-on, in her words, a Holy Ghost fire encounter. I'll never forget it. After she left, I, we felt like in the book of Acts, it said, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. I mean, it's only the ninth hour. That's how we felt. We were like, what, what just happened? And for whatever reason, when she left, it was like the residue of that moment stayed for a while. And we couldn't leave that room. We just wanted to be there. And it reminds me of how when Moses would go out to the tent of meeting and meet face to face with God. And then he would leave. And remember the story? Joshua would linger. Joshua would, would go, go into the tent while Moses went back to the, to the, to the tent city the community, he would stay and linger. And become, why? Because there was residue. He just wanted to be there. You ever been in a place where you felt the presence of God? You sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit? Another thing that happened to us, we had gone out to, um, you may have heard of this, Bethel Redding, Bethel Church in Redding, California, Pastor Bill Johnson. We do a lot of their music, uh, Bethel music, Jesus culture. It all comes out of one church. And we went out there and... I was going through a rough spot. Have you ever just needed help? Have you ever just hit a low spot where you just you weren't motivated, you weren't energized, you didn't feel just like it was all there? You just needed help? I needed help. And we were going to a conference, and the people we were with were real excited about going to the conference, but I went out to this place called the Alabaster House, and it's a prayer room that has been dedicated and consecrated for prayer. And it's like an octagonal, octagonal building, and you can see Mount Shasta in the distance. You can see all those volcanic mountains that are all around Northern California in that area. 
And you can see them from that. It's an incredibly beautiful place. It has a pond. They had music going in there. And I walked in and just immediately sensed something. And if you remember, I stayed. I was like Joshua. I just wanted to be in that place. They, they went on to the conference. They were having a party over there. And I was having a little party just by myself with the presence of God. And the Lord met me in that place. And again, it was a very real to me, tangible moment where I sensed the presence of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding, and some kind of impartation, some kind of growth. Being Pentecost weekend, tomorrow's Pentecost Sunday, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book of Acts, chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, because that is the place where Dr. Luke, the physician, you know Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. So if you take the end of the book of Luke and overlay it, with, or just juxtapose it right up to the beginning of the book of Acts, it's just one flow. It's incredible how it fits together. It's amazing. It's like he, he wrote it, took a pause, probably went and got tea or coffee, then came back and kept going. So he moved from the Gospel to writing the history and recording the history of the explosion of the, of the whole gospel period. But in the beginning, he talks about when Jesus showed up and he spoke of a promise, the promise of the Father that was coming. So we're going to look at this tonight. So if you have your Bible, go to Acts chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Some of these scriptures you'll see on the screen, but I'll diverge on a couple of things, but I'll give you the reference. You don't have to look it up, but you can jot it down. So as we get started, can I just pray one more time? Father, Holy Spirit, we lean into you and we welcome you. We welcome you. Would you be our teacher? Would you open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, and our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free. Thank you for who you are, the person that you are. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. We honor you tonight. We welcome you. Teach us. Be our teacher. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Acts chapter 1, we'll start in verse 4 and pick up there. You can see it on the screen. Listen to this. Jesus was with his disciples, and it says this, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. Now, what's this promise of the Father? Well, let's go back. You won't see the scripture. I'll just read it to you. Out of Acts 2.33, which is later in this passage. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and this is Peter preaching the first gospel sermon, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. We'll read that encounter, and we'll talk about that just a little bit. But understand, he, Jesus was saying, this is that which I spoke of. And it is the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. So, also, let me read this. John 14, yet another mention of this. Jesus speaking, says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Now, he calls the Holy Spirit the helper. It's a word paraclete, paraclete or parakletos in the Koine Greek. And it literally means the one called alongside to help. It's also, depending on your translation, may say counselor. It's also the same word for comforter. 
Isn't that beautiful? That when you need a counselor, he's there. When you need a comforter, he's there. When you need help, he's there. When you need an advocate, he's there. Amen? Listen to this. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the parakletos, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Isn't it good to know that I don't always have to take notes when sitting with Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit himself will come back and remind me of that which Jesus said. Have you ever had a random thought just pop up out of nowhere and it was like a heavy revy? It was like, whoa, where did that come from? Whoa, that was, that was something my Sunday school teacher said when I was in the fifth grade. But it was profound and it impacted my life. You know what that is? That is the spirit of truth, the helper, the counselor, the teacher. Pulling out of your RAM, your random access memory, that which you need for the moment. Isn't that beautiful that the helper does that for us? He comes alongside to help. And in this season of our lives, my gosh, if it isn't a virus, it, it's, it's an unjust, horrific act that happened. I don't even have to go into it. That happened that has completely... If our nation wasn't already on edge, we're over the edge now. And do we not need a helper? Do we not need help? Do we? I do. Listen to this. Jesus says in verse 27, this won't be on the screen. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to remembrance everything you were taught in Christ. Everything he said. It's a beautiful, beautiful role assignment that the Holy Spirit has to teach us, lead us. Listen to this. Back to our passage, verse 5. You'll see this on the screen. Jesus speaking says this. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, this has tripped up a lot of folks. I don't know why. I don't see the mystery here, and here's why. First of all, I wasn't raised in church. And because I wasn't raised in church, I wasn't raised with some of the preconceptions that you were raised with. Some of you were raised and taught that this is a bad thing. Don't even say the word baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because we don't understand it because that weird church down the street does that. Am I speaking the truth? We get nervous. There's a tent revival and all of a sudden everything's taboo that happens down there. So now it taints everything. Is not the enemy smart to destroy, contaminate, and taint the very things we need? The very power that you need to navigate the landscape of this day is right here in front of us. But no, the enemy is going to mess it up for all of us because of a few squirrels, nuts, and flakes. Am I speaking the truth? It's in love and humor, hopefully. But it's the truth. When I was at Howard Payne, we heard about this tent revival down the street, so we snuck over there. and We had to sneak. We parked like three blocks away. We snuck in the back. And it was craziness. Never seen anything like that. And it was wild. And it was fun, frankly. I was like, man, these people, they may be weird, but they love Jesus. <laughs> Crazy. So I was having a blast. But it was definitely not my speed. But I was like, wow. 
But because I wasn't raised in church, I didn't deem it wrong. I didn't judge it and go, well, that's not of God because my church doesn't do that. <laughs> this sounds horrible. Kids, plug your ears for a second. I'm sort of glad I wasn't raised in church. I really mean that because I don't have all these filters that people have. It's just like, oh, that's wrong. That's taboo. Ooh, I remember somebody saying, that's of the devil. That's, that's, that's wrong. Some of you are feeling that right now. You, you get what I'm saying. Let, let me, let me look, show you this verse. For John truly baptized while the word baptized, the word baptizo or baptizomai, and all it means is to be covered over, overwhelmed, immersed into. So when you say you're baptized in the Spirit, that means you're covered, overwhelmed by, immersed in. Isn't that beautiful? Why do we make that weird? Why do we, why do we take the life out of that, throw it over into a corner and marginalize it because of somebody who got weird with it, now we're afraid to go there? And here's the thing. Spoiler alert, you need this to do what God's called you to do. You just do. Let's take it back to the Word. Not back to some weird experience. Not back to some bad teaching. Not back to somebody who had a prejudice against these kinds of things. Let's see what the Word says and let's do what the Word tells us to do. Can I get an amen? Are we people of the Word? Are we people of the Scripture? People of the Bible? So here's what it says. You shall be baptized with. That word with literally means in, with, or by. Same word. In the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Same word. Why is that scary? It's because you're defaulting to some weird thing you saw or heard about. Here's the deal. If we're going to fulfill the apostolic mandate, which is the Great Commission, go therefore. Go therefore and make disciples as you were going. Make disciples of all the nations. Make disciples of all, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Baptizing them. Here's the deal. If we're going to actually do what Jesus told us to do, then we got to have the empowerment to do that. You're not going to do it on your own energy. My goodness, if anything this thing has taught us, we can't do much of anything on our own. We need help. We need enablement and we need empowerment. Can I get an Amen. Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not standing here making an announcement. We're going to turn into some charismaniac free-for-all. Can I just be straight? I want us to be a biblical church who loves God with everything, but is also open to something that is maybe beyond what you've ever experienced. Not shoving it down anybody's throat. Not asking you to get weirdo on us. All I'm asking you is to say, would you open your eyes and your mind to what God might want for you? There may be more to this than God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then there's a third thing I never can quite remember. And He, not it, He is the Holy Spirit. He is a person. And he is part of the Trinity, and he is part of the heavenly hosts that when God said, let us make man in our image, he was there. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a two-thirds follower of Jesus. I'm good with the Father, and man, me and Jesus are just like this. But the Holy Spirit, I don't know, it's just some vapor. 
missed. We need to take the mystery out of this and just say, what does the Bible say about the role of the Holy Spirit? So look what he says. Therefore, verse 6, when they had come together, they asked Jesus. This is his disciples saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? By the way, it wasn't just the 11 at this point. Remember, Judas, he's gone. But it's not just them. This is actually 120 sitting around in a room waiting. Look what he says. He says, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. Boy, some of us could take a lesson from that word right there. While we're so busy trying to figure out the end times, he's saying, look, it's not for you to know this. What it is for you to do is to follow and do what I said. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Verse 8. Now he's going to tell us, he mentioned this baptism, this empowerment, this covering, this overwhelming. Now he's going to tell us what it's for. By the way, it's not for a show up here. It's not so I can walk down here and feel powerful when I touch you and you fall down. It's not any of that. Listen, I've been there. I've been in all these environments. I am qualified to speak to these things because I've been there, done that. I have sucked rug. I have hit the floor before. I'm just saying I've gone down. I'm just saying it's happened now. So I, I'm not saying, I'm saying that this is not that. And this is not what I'm calling for. I'm calling for us to be open, to be empowered, to do exactly what he's called you to do. Amen. Don't you want help to navigate this craziness we're in right now? Don't you need to know that there's something bigger than you working on your behalf and alongside of you and carrying you through this? Oh, catch the way, family. Listen to this. Verse 8, Jesus telling the disciples, here's what's going to happen. You shall receive power, dunamis. Does dunamis sound like something? Dynamite, explosive. Dunamis, it's the word. It's the root word for dynamite. It's the same. It's a transliteration. That means explosive power. Explosive. But you shall receive dunamis, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That means everywhere you go, you're going to leak out the life that is in you and upon you. That's why I called this message presence and power. First of all, when you're born again, guess what you get? You get the presence of the Holy Spirit. He comes and takes up residence in you. Isn't that awesome? He says, I will abide with you forever. He comes in you. When you give your heart to Jesus, you say, I want to be born again. You are spiritually born from above. <laughs> what a moment. Boom. All of a sudden, you get the full meal deal. He comes and he resides in you. However, that doesn't mean he is residing upon you. You have the presence now. But do you have the power? See, I liken it to this. T.A. Brooks. T.A. walks in here, and he's not carrying a gun or a badge, and he's just in his regular street clothes. You just go, hey, bro, high five, hug around the neck, fist bump, whatever. He walks in here in a full decked-out, starched uniform with his gun and his badge. Don't tell me you're not going to act different with him. Why? Because he is clothed with power. He looks different. And by golly, he walks different. 
and talks different when he's in uniform. Because putting that on represents all of the authority that has been conferred upon him by our government, both state, local, federal. All of that comes with the uniform. He is clothed. He is covered. He is overwhelmed with power. It's identity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same thing. You have him living on in you. Wonderful. But now I need power to navigate and do exactly what he's called me to do. So I need him upon me. I'm thankful for his presence, but I also need his power. So what do I do? I put on the uniform. I put it on. I take what he has given. He says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Up on you. Up on you. He's already here, but now he's ready to deputize you with all of the conferred authority of heaven. You are backed. I always say it this way. You're packing heat now. You've got a badge. You've got a gun. You've got the whole schmear. You've got, the, you've, got the, you've got everything. And you walk in a room different. You talk different. And you handle life different. You navigate different. Why? Because he is now not only in you, he is upon you. Empowered. And what does it empower us for? So we can have a great church service? No. He empowers us so that when you're out there, the helper upon you can now give you grace to navigate a conversation with the gospel, to share Jesus, to have insight, wisdom. Oh, it comes with all kinds of gifts. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I mean, the list just goes on and on of everything that you now receive because he is upon you. And because he's upon you, you now speak with authority. You walk with authority. You talk with authority. You act with authority because you're carrying authority. Why? Because you're clothed with power. Some of you are getting nervous. Where's he going with this? Listen to this. We'll skip to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We'll go quickly here. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. By the way, that's not the 11. It's 120 in an upper room. It's interesting. I don't know what your mindset, where it goes when you think about the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You may think they were out in the middle of the temple or something. They were not. They were up in a room, the upper room, together, 120, scared to death. They were waiting because Jesus said, wait. So they were there waiting, but they were in the most volatile place they could be because things had gone haywire. Jesus had been crucified. He'd been seen. He'd shown up. He'd appeared. Now, all of a sudden, the Roman government's freaking out because there's these reports of Jesus showing up. Wait, we killed that guy. Go get his body. They couldn't find it. <laughs> He's gone. He was airlifted out of here, and they're going, what is going on? Now, all of a sudden, his disciples are showing up, and now they're all coming back into Jerusalem, the most, the most volatile, dangerous place they could be. Jesus said, go there. The most dangerous place they could be, go there. And they go there during the, feast, during the Pentecost. Pentecost is part of the Feast of Weeks, which 
50, pent up being 50, it's 50 weeks after, and it sets up the harvest. In modern-day Israel, they dress in white, full regalia white, and they go out into the harvest fields, they dance, they celebrate, and they praise God for his provision and his goodness. It's a celebration. It's food. It's feasting. It's celebrating the goodness of God. So here's what happens. In this time, all of these, these, these Jewish people had been dispatched. They'd been spread out all over the place. But during this time, they come back to Jerusalem. Oh, what a time for Jesus to say, I'm about to pour out my spirit upon you, and I'm going to do it while everybody is all there. So this is what happens. Such a setup. Look what happens. They were all together, one accord, one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You remember Jesus referring to the Holy Spirit being the wind? The pneuma? The wind, the breath. Well, now all of a sudden it's a mighty rushing wind, not just a breath. Why? Because there's an outpouring of force and power. This is the inauguration of a new day, a new season, a new epoch. So they're all sitting there. In that house, the upper room, 120. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, this trips people up because they're going, they try to use their Hollywood imagination. They see these little tongues dancing around going, it just doesn't really register. But here's the thing. Various commentators are going to say various things. You can read about this. Everybody's got a take on this. You know what I think that was? I think that it was them trying to capture in human words and language what was uncapturable. Have you ever tried to explain something that was unexplainable? And you go, well, it was like a bird. No, wait, wait. No, it's more like a fish. No, it was more like, a, it was more like an airplane. Yeah, that's, no, more like an eagle. I mean, you're just trying, you're, you're just trying to get a word. You're trying to figure out, because I'm trying to explain something that is not explainable. And they're trying to capture what was happening. And so they, uh, just a bunch of tongues of fire dancing around. I mean, they're just trying to figure it out. They're trying to record it. They're trying to say, and this is Luke, the physician, the detail guy, the high C on the disc test. And he's trying to say, get his mind around it. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Filled and filled, filled and more filled. We're told later in the letter to the Ephesians, ever be filled, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're leaky vessels. We've got to be continually filled. It's an ongoing process every day, every day. But look what happens. So as they begin to speak with other tongues, don't get caught up, don't get tripped up on that. It's languages. They were actually speaking in the languages of those who were represented there. All of these Jews had come from other nations, other places, the known Roman and Parthian world. Those were the two epic um, those were the two kingdoms at war, the Parthians and the Romans, and they had all come back to Jerusalem, so they spoke different languages. And listen to this. The miracle isn't in the hearing. The miracle is in the speaking. Listen to this. They actually spoke in their language. The Spirit gave them utter. They spoke with other tongues. Verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem. They had come here for this. Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. First of all, they heard the mighty rushing wind up in the... So apparently, apparently the house that they were in with the 120 was close to the temple court. Because everything, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, everything's jammed together. It's, it's, like, it's like 
Manhattan. Everything's just jammed. It's tight. So they must have been right there. And it says that when they heard the sound, they heard it, they came together. And they were confused because they heard them speak in their own language. That'd be like you being from another nation, showing up in another nation, and nobody speaks your language until a moment when they hear this crazy sound, and they're going, wait a minute, they're, I understand, great, thank you for speaking my language. Look what they're saying. Then they were all amazed, marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all of these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and these are all that had come together. Those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. Visitors from Rome with both Jews and proselytes. Proselytes are those who were not Jewish, but they had given themselves over and become Jewish. In, in other words, they had embraced Judaism. They were proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, our own languages, the wonderful works of God. They were praising God in those languages. So they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? And <laughs> they're going, and you would ask the same thing, would you not? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. <laughs> they're just drunk. <laughs> Later, Peter goes, wait a minute, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only the ninth hour. So I'm going to stop there with that story, with that account. And here's the thing, it, it's just, it's amazing, but here's the deal. You have to understand, this was the birth of the church age as we know it. This was the outpouring and the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Let's go ahead and have the worship team come on up. We're going to end with worship. This was the empowerment that these believers needed to have in order to do what Jesus called them to do. Listen, that has not changed. We need this empowerment. And let me just tell you how complicated this is because it's got to be complicated, right? It's just got to be hard. So here's how hard it is. So I'm going to answer a simple question for you today. How do we receive greater and increasing measures of the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit? Does anyone want to know how? Nobody? Okay, a couple takers. Great. Listen to this. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Very simple. It's in the context of prayer where Jesus said, look, Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Remember that? Which literally means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. In that context and in that little discourse, Jesus says at the end of it, he says this, If you then, being evil, ouch, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who, brace yourself, ask him? This is how complicated this is. I'm a, Kim, I'm, a, I'm a kiss kind of guy, remember? Keep it simple, not stupid. Saint. Keep it simple, saint. My prayer life is simple. My walk with God is simple. And my walk and my experience and encounter with the Holy Spirit is simple. If things get complicated for you as a follower of Jesus, it's because we complicate it. It's not because it's complicated. Jesus said, you need to become like a child to even get this stuff. It's almost like we need to regress back to when we were kids. 
Because you tell a child this and go, oh, okay, then I want the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want you. Boom. That's how complicated it is. A lot of us have been afraid because we've got these aberrations of what this really means and what it is. Here's what it's for. It's to empower and enable you to reflect and radiate Jesus wherever you go, where you live, where you work, and where you play. And it's as simple as simply asking for him. Isn't that what you did with Jesus? Didn't you pray and just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Fill me. I need you. I need Save me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. What, what do we do with the Holy Spirit? How much more does your Heavenly Father, will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It doesn't say plead, beg, grovel, or do backflips up and down the row, or do a Jericho march around the building. It literally says, ask. Ask. So how about we do that together? I don't know about you, I want greater measures. I want greater measures. I know I need more help. I need, a, I need a counselor. I need a comforter. Don't you? Why can't we on this Pentecost, it's not Sunday, this Pentecost weekend, simply ask for what's been given? And then by faith, receive and enjoy him. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Let's pray this prayer. I'm going to just pray. And you be in agreement. I'm going to lead us through a simple prayer. We're asking to be covered, immersed, overwhelmed, filled, empowered, enabled. It's all that. All that goes together. And it's as simple as asking. It's as simple as asking. Why do we need to be continually filled? Because we're leaky. We leak. As we should everywhere we go. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. Your words are life to us. And we thank you for the Bible. You give us this clarity. You give us a true north that gives us the ability to navigate life, the complexities of life and the time that we live. So we're before you as sons and daughters today, friends and family. And here's what we need from you, Lord. We need help. We need help. Even as Peter, when he was trying to walk on water to Jesus, and he just said, help, help me. And you did. You say that for us to have the Holy Spirit, that you, Father, want to give your spirit, your presence to us. So we're before you, keeping it simple today. Lord, Father, would you give me, would you give us your Holy Spirit? We're asking. Would you? And would you right now, just where you are, if you want more, just ask. Just simply make it simple. Say, Lord, I want more. I want you. I, I, I say it when I'm driving. I'll say, I need help. I need counsel. I need comfort. And I need an advocate. So, Lord, I receive. In fact, do this. Say, I receive by faith the truth that sets me free. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, into my life. All that you are. All that you have. I surrender. And I'm grateful. Thank you for filling me and abiding in me. And thank you for covering, overwhelming, and immersing me into your presence. Ah, just breathe that in for just a moment. Can you just whisper thank you? Just say thank you, Lord. That's how generous God is. That's how loving he is. 
He wants to empower you for the very thing that you're called to do. Father, we receive by faith. We welcome you. We welcome you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, let's go out with worship. Listen, after we're done, Pastor Jeffrey's going to be in that little prayer room right there on the left as you go out. Any of you that need prayer for any reason, for any reason, not just this, but any reason or this, just stop by there. He, he's going to be there for you, and uh, he just wants to pray with you and be available. So it's right there on the left as you go out. It's that nice little room there as you head out. So feel free to stop in. Let him minister some hope to you. Amen? Thank you. Let's worship together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now. was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are My God, my Savior.
Amen, church. Be blessed. This is a sermon worth watching again, so it's online and come back again. Bless you.